0: You are listening to The Millennial, The Man, and Miss Crystal, a podcast ministry of Old Town Community Church. Here are Pastor Phil, Pastor Brian, and Crystal.
1: Hey, welcome everybody back. We After taking a week off, this is uh, broadcasting from the Global Communication Center called Old Town Community Church and uh specifically in the glass enclosed parents suite here we are and i am uh welcome to the man the millennial and miss crystal uh i am not the millennial and i'm not miss crystal so that would make me the man let me pass the mic now to miss crystal We'll say hi crystal
2: yeah hey everyone this is crystal good to be with you this week
1: i am brian i am
3: the millennial for purposes of this podcast and uh, I'm in the very dated wood paneling enclosed guest bedroom in my basement. That's where I'm
1: broadcasting. Well, hey, let's do a real quick. Since we missed a week, um, let's do a catch up real quick. How's everybody doing? I'm doing great. I'm still riding a high. Uh, I had a great
3: day yesterday. Uh, I was able to be at the church building, which was fun. But a big highlight was on my journey back to my home, I went to my favorite restaurant. For the first time since this pandemic started you might have heard about it it's in an irish pub that's pretty popular mcdonald's and i got a 20-piece nugget two sandwiches two large fries uh,
1: which i graciously shared with my family hey you know you 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 said a word that triggered uh one of my many questions for you That sometimes you just say words that make me think of questions that have nothing to do with what you just said, which I don't know what that says about my listening level, but we'll talk about that later. (laughs) So, can you name a song from the rock group Journey? Living on a Prayer? (laughs) 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 Um, I'm not sure. Isn't that um, Bon Jovi?
2: I think Uh, so, yeah
1: just got to shoot your shot with confidence. Bon Jovi, I think, is sort of like the journey of the 90s, right? Mm Kind
2: of?
1: I know a journey song. How about you, Miss Crystal?
2: Well, okay. I I don't know the exact title, but it's like I Come to You with Open Arms. It was from the last American Virgin. It was like the best, most sentimental song, I think. They journey did that, but then, of course, "Don't Stop Believing" is a journey song,
1: right? Yeah, millennial, you should be playing this song right now. Well, that's what I was thinking of. "Don't Stop Believing," but Open when, arms. I hear,
3: when I hear "Journeys," uh, I think "Journey." I think of the shoe store journeys before I think of that. <laughs> so, music is so far <laughs> out of my reach.
1: Open arms, don't stop believing. Um, there's lots of them. Uh, Miss Crystal, how are you doing?
2: I am good. Um, I mean, a low point last week. Um, I suffer from chronic migraines, so I was in bed a lot of the week last week. But I, um, they're gone <laughs> now, so I feel good.
1: Any uh, any interesting things about your week other than the migraine recovery?
2: Well, um, oh, I did – Last Wednesday, I got to see my sister in Ashburn and Miles. So um, we spent some time together. We threw around a football. Miles showed me how to, like, throw a football correctly. And he's like, Auntie Crystal, you have a great spiral. And I'm like, I'm not even trying, <laughs> but thank you. So it was cool hanging out with them. Um, we played a little basketball, too. Miles is much better at basketball than football, so we couldn't really keep up with them there.
3: That's awesome. I miss Miles.
1: You hear it, Crystal?
2: I do. (laughs) And it reminds me of that final scene in the movie. And it's a movie I only saw once, but that song was incredible at the end of the movie.
1: So I Am Doing Fine just uh, shot uh, the first episode of Phil Around Town. And so I was glad to get that. It took about 17 takes. You know, I don't know if Alan is keeping all of our outtakes, but they would make more, a very interesting, at least to us, maybe video when this is all over. Okay. Anyway, so it's good to see uh, and hear that everybody is doing at least. Okay. Um, we are going to wade into this uh, week's podcast with the classic, classic party game, Um, two truths and a, we're not going to call it a lie since we're all church staff members, but we're going to call it two truths and a really hard to believe statement. Brian is raising his hand, so Brian will go first.
3: Yeah, so I'm a huge fan. My two truths uh, and a possibly untrue statement have a theme. Uh, I'm a big fan of snail mail. And during this pandemic, a lot of junk mail has ceased Uh, And it's great when the mail comes, for the most part, uh, outside of stuff from banks trying to get you to apply for a credit card. Most of the mail is real mail. So I love snail mail. So my my three statements I'm going to give to you uh, all relate to that. So I have received mail from Tom Brady. I have received mail from Tom Hanks. And I have received mail from Barack Obama.
2: We know that you received uh, mail from Tom Brady because you mentioned that in an earlier podcast episode. I'm assuming you, it's possible you received mail from Barack Obama. So I'm guessing you didn't receive it from Tom Hanks. Because why would Tom Hanks write you?
3: Why would the president write me?
2: Because you made a donation of some sort.
1: I have yet to make a donation <laughs> to any case. Crystal, you're forgetting who you're you're speaking to. Brian is the <laughs> cheapest, not just the cheapest millennial. Like, I, you know, I've never met a millennial, a frugal millennial, but Brian is frugal. Brian is cheap. Uh, there's no way he's donating to a political campaign. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so cheap
3: that sometimes I feel weird doing snail mail because I think, is this worth 55 cents or 35 if I'm doing a postcard? But it is. We have Crystal's answer. What does the man think? Oh, it's no it's no brainer. Tom Hanks. Yeah, I stink at this game. You guys are right. Little okay, true listeners will know I did get a letter from from Tom Brady because I just wrote him snail mail. I got a letter from Barack Obama, and people are going to hate on this and tell me it wasn't from him, but it actually was. I am an Eagle Scout. And uh, when you're achieved this rank, you tend to get some letters of appreciation and thank you. So I have one from a handful of noteworthy people, one of whom was the president at the time, Obama. And you look at that and, and he wrote it with a pen. Don't, you can't tell me otherwise. Um, I'm sure a secretary filled the envelope because he was doing way more important things, but that is in my childhood bedroom. Uh, and that's very much truth. Tom Hanks, I, you know, I wouldn't really care if he wrote me, but I had to throw in something.
1: I have in my lifetime lived within seven miles. And I actually think it's closer to five, but I'll say seven just to be sure. Bill Clinton, Jesse Ventura, George W. Bush.
3: Okay. Crystal, do you know who Jesse Ventura is?
2: Yeah. um, He was like, was he a wrestler or something? He was someone like that. Right. But he then, I'm assuming he became, did he become the governor of Minnesota? Was he something in Minnesota?
1: He did. He became the governor of Minnesota.
2: Okay. Because I'm like, you definitely, because you lived in Minnesota, I would say, yeah, you probably lived close to Jesse Ventura. I will give you that one. And then I was thinking, when did you live in um, Alexandria before? Because whoever was president then, I would give you that one. And I'm thinking, How old was I when Clinton was president? I don't even remember how old I was. So I'm guessing it was George W. Bush that you didn't live within seven miles
1: of. Brian, what's your (laughs) guess?
3: Everything Crystal said is the thoughts that went through my head. So that's my answer, too.
1: Very good. I'm terrible at this game, too. So in the 90s, I lived uh, in Arlington, which was probably uh, we lived really close I mean, uh, just right across the bridge. And so probably five miles from the White House. And then in Minnesota, we lived less than probably five miles from Jesse Ventura when he, lived in his, when he was at his Maple Grove residence. And so I could not possibly live next to George W. and Jesse Ventura at the same time because we were in Minnesota. W. was president from 2000, 2008, and we moved from Minnesota to Richmond. So very, very good deduction. Uh, deductive reasoning crystal. (laughs) Well, we're really bad at this game.
2: Well, um, I will give you guys one and we'll see how it goes. So I love food, right? So mine are all going to be related to like strange things that an individual might eat. Um, Even though, sure. So I have eaten all of these things. I have eaten an alligator I have eaten a roach. The whole alligator? The no, whole alli- just, no okay. just portions, right? <laughs> alligator. Um, and I have eaten oysters.
1: What was the, the second one?
2: So alligator, a roach, oysters.
1: I'm going
3: to say no on alligator. Uh, I think alligator is you know, easier to come by, but there's something feels like roach is the obvious answer, so I'm not going to pick it. I think you had a roach at some point. uh,
2: (laughs) We all might have. Oysters
3: aren't that uncommon, so my answer is alligator, which I have had, and it's pretty tasty. My answer is
1: oysters.
2: Phil, you are correct. I haven't had oysters, which is the oddest thing, and I had said that I was going to have oysters before I turned 40, um, just because, like, who hasn't eaten oysters, Um, but... I didn't. The closest I got was mussels, and they were pretty good, but I understand oysters are a little um, slimier. Uh,
1: now, have you ever eaten them cooked? No. Yeah, I don't like oysters raw. Matter of fact, I'm not sure I've ever eaten one. Jody loves them. She absolutely loves them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, she dips them in uh, uh, some sort of hot sauce or whatever, mm-hmm. but I make oyster stew. And that it,
0: sounds
1: good. Oh, it's like, have you ever had potato soup? Yeah. You know, because it's sort of a buttery cream type mm-hmm. base. Well, you do the same. You put a little, little bacon, maybe a little um, chopped green onions and oysters and oh, and then the little round crackers, mm-hmm. oyster crackers. they It's so good. The next time I make some, I'm, I'll make you some.
2: Thank you. So, Bill, I am feeling like you have all of these culinary skills <laughs> that... I, I need to experience, I mean, every time you're talking about something you make, it sounds so delicious, so yeah, when you make some oyster stew, remember yeah. me. Yeah. I'll be
1: glad to, be. yeah, I really enjoyed, I, I started learning how to cook before the shutdown, but I, I cook three or four meals a, a week for our family, um, mm-hmm. tonight is the famous chicken cacciatore again, um. <laughs> Yeah. I just enjoy it. It's, it's, it's relaxing. It's creative. It's relaxing. I do wish. Okay. So if I was going to pursue chefdom long-term, I would have to be successful enough to have a soup. because I really don't like chopping the vegetables. (laughs) Anyway, um, Well, you guys are, uh, so we're all just sort of, so this shows you how good this should encourage our church leadership because it shows you how bad we are at lying. (laughs) Right. That's a really good thing. Um, Okay, so let me move to our next topic that I know uh, we haven't had any fan mail lately, but I'm sure our fans are wondering. uh, If you had to list a pet peeve that you have noticed that you have during the shutdown, what would it be? I have a
3: couple. So, like many people, I'm going on more walks, tends to be about a walk a day. And before the shutdown, I felt like people always uh, yielded to us. We have a pretty wide double stroller. People would get out of the way. That first half of this pandemic, people were doing that. But now there's people that just you know are by themselves that assume we're going to go into the street and circle around them. And you know I don't have a lot to frustrate me right now. But when that happens on a walk, I'm just like who, like it's, it's simple math. You know, four people <laughs> should it's like war. Four people should defeat one. The you know the one should go around. So that's become a pet peeve. The other one is smells outside. I've never been so aware of (laughs) aroma from the outdoors. So being indoors so much, I keep the windows open. Usually one in the front of the house, one in the back, get a good cross breeze. And I'm way more sensitive to our cigarette smoking neighbors. That's not a pointed statement at anyone who smokes. It's at my neighbor who does. You know, I can't open up my windows to air out the smoke because that's how it got in in the first place. Uh, also, you know, mulch. Uh, I'm appreciative that our neighborhood gets mulched, but um, that aroma gets in the house. So I've realized uh, maybe just with less going on, I'm more sensitive to smells that are disagreeable.
1: Uh, by the way, I call the, your first pet peeve Corona chicken. Like who's going to, and it's really is amazing. And of course, as a dog walker, you know, I've got my own set of issues, you know, it's, I feel like I'm always the one bailing out first into the street instead of, you know, and, and maybe I'm not, but, um, and what's interesting was when you're walking a 12 a year old dog who is stubborn anyway, he has learned to walk safely, right? He doesn't like to go near cars. And so he starts to fight me when I take us out into the street. Um, so, but that's not my pet peeve. I'm not going to waste it on that. My pet peeve is, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say, and I say this with all love, uh, is going to be directed toward the uh, two other human beings that I'm on shutdown with, um, my wife, Jody and our son, Alexander. The constant battle over the thermostat. And I actually don't like um, cold air blowing on me from the HVAC. I do like a fan blowing on me. And there's a difference. There's about a five degree differential. For some reason, we just cannot get locked into a three degree range of temperature. So I'll leave it at that.
2: That would be annoying to me as well if I had other people in the house because I generally am very cold. And so I have my thermostat up pretty high. But um, thinking about a couple pet peeves that I have, um, one is, I mean, and it's easy to work through, but it's still a pet peeve of mine. My family knows that my, fa- my phone goes to Do Not Disturb at 10 o'clock. They will still call me at 10, 1015, 10 1030. 10 and I don't, I mean, I I should have them in that emergency realm where they can go through, but I don't. And so I'm like, why are you calling me? You know that my phone is on do not disturb. I do not answer phone calls after this time. But then, um, you know, then they'll text me and be like, can you talk? And I'll be like, fine, (laughs) I can talk but I had it on do not disturb for a reason. And maybe I just need to like um, move it to maybe 11 o'clock now that we're in a shutdown or stay at home mode because they like to talk a little later. So it's a pet peeve that my family thinks that I am always reachable. And I'm not.
1: If there's any, um, I don't even have a word of encouragement for that, except that my experience is um, that my kids have, um, just continually train me that they're going to ignore me, that they are not going to answer my calls anyway. So,
2: <laughs> right.
1: Uh, but yeah, I, I could see that being a pet peeve. Well, does he, any, anybody else want to share anything before we uh, we sign off?
2: I do want to say something real quick, because we were talking about your great culinary skills. I did have an opportunity to try the recipe that you shared for the chicken cacciatore, and it was great.
1: Isn't but it good? I- Uh uh-huh yeah 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 it's real hard it's not a hard recipe at all Uh, it's
2: not i told one of my friends that was whipping that up they're like how do you just whip up chicken cacciatore i'm like it's not hard it sounds difficult but it's not hard
1: did you did you uh bread the? did you do the chicken like you know the
2: so i made some modifications right um and so i baked my chicken Yeah. And I didn't use chicken thighs. I used chicken breasts. I I do think it would have been better with chicken thighs, but um, I just didn't like the selection at Giant. So I got the chicken breast and I um, baked that one day and then the next day I put it all together.
1: That sounds good. Um, Yeah. Um, Well, hey, my encouraging word is more of a it's it's more of a, a scriptural thought. Well, actually, let me, let me sort of play a little trivia with the encouraging word. Can you guys quote anybody's famous last words? No. Yeah, I can't either, really. <laughs> uh, ex- except, except I think Winston Churchill said something like, um, this is so boring. It was, it was something, something like that. What's, it, part of our scriptural teaching this week is um, Jesus' final words to his disciples. Not, but not before he died, before he, after he died, after he was resurrected, and before he ascended to be with the Father. And his final words to them were that they would be their witnesses in, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And just the, just the sort of challenging, encouraging thought there is um, his, his final words should be our first priority. And I'm taken by the way the book of Acts opens up because it definitely talks about Jesus's teachings and it talks about him teaching about the kingdom. But then uh, he gives the disciples their vision. And, and I just am struck by the role of mission in the life of the disciple and the idea that we should take very seriously anybody's, especially our Lord's, uh, final words uh, before he went to be with the father. So his last words are our first priority. And, you know, obviously we have challenges in how we are actually on mission. I think that's one of the things that I've really appreciated the series we're in at home and trying to focus on mission. Um, But I'm also just encouraged by the fact that the Lord is not going to be without a witness and the Lord is going to give us a way of bearing witness to him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, yes, through things like we're doing right now. So I'm encouraged by that, and I'm motivated by making his last words my first priority. So that's that's my thought for for today, and we'll expand on that just a little bit uh, on Sunday. So with that in mind, um, everybody, thank you for listening uh, to this podcast, and. Uh, um, I'm going to ask the millennial if he'll offer a, a millennial prayer of blessing for all of our listeners today.
3: Yikes. There are many cliche directions I could go in with that, but I'm going to not take the bait and just say thank you, God, for the ways that you connect your church right now. Uh, we're grateful for the time that we have to spend together with this podcast with our church on sunday with our church throughout the week in groups so thank you that uh, we know so clearly during the season that we're not alone because we have both you uh, and the community that is your church so thank you for that right now god and uh, we just ask you to bless us and uh, bless each person as they hear this in the middle of their week in the name of jesus amen
0: Thank you for listening to The Millennial, The Man, and Miss Crystal, a podcast ministry of Old Town Community Church. For more information on our church and other ministries, visit oldtown.cc. Services are available to watch online every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern on our YouTube channel. Visit youtube.com. Search Old Town Community Church. This podcast and sermon audio are available on podcasting apps worldwide. Apple and Google Play, search OTCC Podcasts.